Welcome to another episode of Storyteller Studio, where we're gathering our lives through genuine conversations and gladly sharing them with folks around the world. As radio announcers, Liz and Tim believe there's something very special about being behind a microphone and letting their hair down. Sometimes people just need a reason to enjoy each other, either again or for the very first time. And we found plenty of others who feel the same. From artists, sports figures, and manufacturers, to filmmakers, authors, and media types, we all may know bits and pieces about a person, but there's always something more. So while we grab our headphones and turn up the mics, it's your chance to eavesdrop on yet another episode of Storyteller's Studio. Hello and welcome back to Storyteller Studio. We are broadcasting from our Edgebrook studio in Rockford, Illinois today. And the people that I have in the studio today, one, I know barely in 15-second <laughs> spurts, and two, they are a wonderful band that played here at Music on the Mall that had a great crowd, and that's how I know them. And they are part of River Road Trio, and they are Terry Carter and Janelle Carter. Hi, Tim. How are you guys? Great yeah, to be yeah. here. Wow. Good morning. We finally got this date together. Finally. It's not like we're busy or anything. <laughs> no, no. So here's nothing going on. Nothing going on, no. And and here's the 15-second spurts explanation. This studio is the green room for the music on the mall bands. So everybody's setting up, right? Janelle comes in and she says, This reminds me of when we were on the Steve and Johnny show at WGN. I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to hear that story. <laughs> and then when she came out, again, another 15 seconds, she says, hey, what song would you like us to play? And I go, uh, Bad Bad, Leroy Brown, Jim Croce. And she goes, you got it. And off she goes. <laughs> so I have a lot of notes because I want to know more about you sure, guys. Yeah. And honestly, where we start, I have zero preference, but I do want to know how long have you guys been together with Kyle in River Road Trio? Sure. So it has been almost 16, 16 years, years mm -hmm. now Whoa. we've been playing music together. And it's always been you three. It started out as our full band. We still play with a full cover band Oh my! called The Clients. Okay. The Clients background is really cool. Um, they started in 1995. I was a junior in high school. <laughs> And there have been several versions of the clients, and we're the fourth. Yeah, we're yeah, we're version four. Yeah, these so are you are you well, are literally playing for the band that you grew up listening to. Yes. Wow. I turned twenty one. In fact, I have kind of a cool story. I was in a relationship that was not very healthy, mm -hmm. and I was twenty two, and we went to see the clients band, and he said, "I want you to get up and sing with this band." And so he paid the bass player, who is my bass player now, but he paid the bass player $50 to get his girlfriend to get up and sing. And so I did, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, I must have been having too much fun because it really upset this guy. And he said, that's the last time you're going to sing in public unless we're at church. Be careful what you ask for. And then I joined that band, and I've been with them ever since. So. And then not with the guy anymore. Uh, no. Yes. Yeah. So wow. I, so I... Uh, in 2007, Terry hired Kyle and myself to uh, join the clients. They were 
um, putting a new face to the band and, and thought it would be interesting to add a female vocal. And so I became the lead female vocalist and that's how we all met. Wow. Mm -hmm. And does Kyle only play keyboards? Cause that's all I've seen. Oh no. No, he's, he can play just about anything. He drums. Um, really? Yeah. Bass. Accordion. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you only play guitar or do you play other stuff too? Um, he plays bass and he plays yeah. and he plays mandolin and oh. he can play drums. Wow. I can't play drums. I play percussion. <laughs> you can play oh, tr- there, yeah. there is a difference. There's a big difference. <laughs> there a There's difference. a big difference. Yeah. You do not want me behind a drum set. Yeah, here's a set as opposed to a bongo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give me a shaker, give me something that can keep time. I'm okay with that. Wow. Yeah. Well, to give people a, a little bit of a background too is that my wife Sandy and I are always scouting for bands for music on the mall either to add dates or to be more current or more variety or sure. whatever the, whatever the yeah, case may sure. be. So we saw you guys out at a golf course near an airport. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, 5, 6 o'clock, whatever it was. So you got all these planes coming in. You got the food trucks that are pulling up. Mm-hmm. You've got the sun setting behind you guys. Yeah. And here you are on a golf course at a country club. You know, you kicked in with whatever your first two are, and you don't have a set set. No, we so don't. it could have been just about anything. Sure, yeah. But it was of the country flavor. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I lean over to Sandy and I said, uh, you, you gotta you gotta hire these people. <laughs> two songs in. Wow. I, I said you That um, might be a record. Yeah. <laughs> I said you've got to. No pun intended. Right. But okay. right. Thank you very much. And and you played here and the crowd just ate you up. They were great. Yeah, they yeah. were really fun. And I think we averaged between five and six hundred people. The concert series used to average like a hundred people. Wow! When so it was at when it was at the other end, it's really growing. Yeah, it's really a great thing. Yeah. So we've had a lot of fun. You told me in the green room here that night mm-hmm. that you don't have a set music list. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? We have a, a list of songs in our head that we kind of you know bounce around, but a lot of times we'll just feed off our crowd. We do feed off our crowd. You know. Yeah. But I, I come we, on. We have a yeah. we have a we have a list of. Like a master uh, yeah, list, the, I guess. But then an unwritten one that's in our head that we <laughs> we have go tos that yes. we can go to yeah. that we you know just they're just kind of there. Yeah, because we you guys were playing anything from George Jones to Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Kyle is able to if he can pull it up on his phone, get a chord chart. If either one of us have a good idea how the song goes, how the progression of it goes, we'll take a swing at it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times it's great. A lot of times we don't ever want to, you know, yeah. attempt that song and again. We tell the crowd that a lot of times. So we've kind of become known for, we have we have people who will come out and give us a challenge, you know. Oh. We're going to see if they can. And so it becomes a fun thing. You know, maybe in, in the band world it might not be great well, etiquette because we do, you know, have times where we're not going from song to song to song to song and there's breaks in between. Mm-hmm. Now, for something like we did here – we were more fluid, and we went from tried to go from song to song. Yeah, less downtime. I mean, if it's an, an if you're not doing a show per se. Yeah, mm-hmm. sort of the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's more of a relaxed situation, you can you can break down, and you can also and it take two minutes to figure something out because that's what people are anticipating you doing. 
But if you're in an actual show event yeah, type of thing where they're wanting, you can't do wow. that then. Yeah. But we've become known for that a lot of times in some of these, you know, club settings and private show settings and where people enjoy watching Terry and Kyle, like, fig- and, and it's unbelievable to them, to people who don't know music or can't play oh, music. Of course. To watch them you know oh you don't know this song and all of a sudden they're playing the song so it's been something that i think has been hard for for terry especially to get used to because he has been playing music for so long in all of those situations where it's you have to be one after another after another and Uh, very fluid and very set yeah i was always in a a structured you know you're doing this you're never taking your eyes off Mm -hmm. off of what you're what you're doing well, well to a certain degree that's what that person in that venue has paid you to do exactly yeah yeah because if you're We're here yeah different deal right it, yeah downtime and you know big spaces in between music you kind of sometimes will lose you know you'll lose your audience yeah. oh. they'll be like what, what what's going on here because if you go to, if you went and seen a concert somewhere you don't want the band walking around and talking amongst themselves and there's a lot of downtime in between songs people are going what's going on here yeah that's what i'm talking about but in our situations we have our situations to where people are kind of expecting us to take those few moments to learn that song that they just asked for well and one thing now they feel part of the show right they do and two if i'm a big fan and i would love to come see you every time i can Mm -hmm. i'm not seeing or hearing the same 15, 20 songs. You're not. Right. See, you're not. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's really neat. It's really what, uh, it's fun to watch unfold. So, <laughs> and we've yeah. built a set list off of that. You know, there's some songs we keep and some we don't. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, that's every band. Isn't yeah. It? It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we got a new guy. He's just not doing it. Let's get this other song from Sticks or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's called right. the drunk list. It is. We do call it the drunk list because <laughs> most people would have to be drunk to do it, but yes. we try. Yeah. <laughs> or it sounded like we were drunk. So, let's same. Right. Yep. Let's yeah, not there's do been that times, again. Like, there's been times where it sounded sure sounded like. That. Wow. Well, we make fun at things not turning out right, which is fine. I get, you know we have that in podcasts. We have it in radio. Mm-hmm. You guys have it in your podcast, by the way. You have a podcast <laughs> that, holy cow, the topics that come up, <laughs> it's, it, first of all, I have to ask you, is there, do you guys have a clock? Because most of the episodes are like 22 to 23 minutes. Do you consciously we do. do that? Um, mm-hmm. we, we, have, we do have a clock. And <laughs> we've found that the only reason that it doesn't go longer is because we found that it stops at 27 at minutes 27 minutes or 25 minutes like it stops recording and well, we've the never software well we've never tested that theory it happened once well i had we to kinda... try to edit two sections together ah, and i haven't yeah. quite figured out how to do that yet i can help you with that i okay, personally thought i think it was a, a glitch with the it, it goes to a, a micro sd card yeah it's a roadcaster is what we use oh you're familiar with that yes i have one of those oh and I think there was a glitch at one point, and it shut us off from recording. Okay. So I think we kind of panicked and went, well. And, and, and I think with our topics that we use, I mean, it's a nice time frame to where you don't lose people again. Well, also from you guys doing it so frequently, you're not big biting off the big enchilada every right. time you go right. to do it. Right. Uh, it's called No Stage Lights, and you can find it on pretty much every podcast platform, you sort can. of like ours. Yep. And you've been doing it probably about two, three years. About three years. Yeah, we're in season five. And our seasons have really no rhyme or reason. Yeah. No, there's no rules. They're when I decide that, oh, I think we should have a new season. (laughs) Well, that's it. And you know, with Life's Three by Fives, 
we have made a season of 15 episodes, three times five. Oh, nice. So there's no rule there. Now, Storyteller Studio, we're still in our first season. And you guys, I think, will be like the 52nd (laughs) episode. Because, again... There's no rules. There's no rules. So we That's just, what's nice. We just do whatever yeah. we In We're, fact, I wanted to, t- I wanted to um, make mention and ask some questions, too, of the uh, Steve and Johnny show that mm-hmm. you guys do on New Year's Eve, because mm-hmm. I know just a little bit about that. And I know several people at WGN. So when you said WGN, it's like, oh, there's my feathers up in the air. Sure. Uh, how did you guys get part of that? I think this business is, a, of course, a who you know connection business oh i know a person i know a person and uh terry has a friend yeah a a drummer that i was on the road with um jeff boyle he knew of it and he said hey would you guys like to do this and kind of set it up through that way and he was friends with them yeah he's friends with steve and johnny and then um we just uh it just kind of all worked out we got a hold of them and i talked to johnny on the phone for i called her and we talked for a long time and we just, she and i we just hit it off yeah and well, great people salt of the earth yeah, just amazing people we had so many things to talk about and then they invited us up to do this and we really had no idea what we were doing or th- how big this was going to be it was so neat we played a show on new year's eve we got done at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. we live about 60 miles southwest of chicago hopped in our car Drove to the lakefront. Drove. <laughs> it. They say that whatever you're doing at midnight on New Year's Eve is what's going to set the tone. This is what Johnny taught me. Okay. Whatever happens at midnight is going to set the tone for the rest of your year. And we are in. We were fighting on Lower Wacker. Lower Wacker, looking at all the homeless people. <laughs> about. We're like, well, okay, this is where we're heading. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because the GPS stops. It like it there's does. no signal on Lower Wacker. It does, and then you got to go down in the dungeon to get a parking spot. There's yep. like burnout cars and stuff in the median. I mean, just they cars. Park that were... all the cars. So we're like, you know, I'm like, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. But at it got better. Twelve fifteen when we got upstairs, they had they had uh, Luminati's pizza oh, catered in for long. us, and and it was like this. You know, security let us in and all this. It's quiet. Radio yeah. stations are quiet they, anyway. You know, it's at night, it's dark. And yeah. we all of a sudden, we open this door and it's just all the life is there and so much. And you're um, on the 18th floor mm-hmm. overlooking Navy, Navy Pier. Navy Pier. Yeah. Crazy. Last Absolutely beautiful. time yeah. we went, which was not last year, but the year prior, we did get there in time to catch the fireworks show. Oh, it's been a really, really, really neat opportunity for us. It's a wonderful opportunity, but it is a late. I mean, because we'll, yeah, we, how we, far do you go? How long do you go? Well, I think the last time we left at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, yeah. oh, we're walking out of the building because you don't want to leave. It's like no. Yeah, we actually one time we actually said our goodbyes, left, got to our car. Let's go back up. So we went back up for more Lou Melnati's, for, for <laughs> just more Steve and Johnny. So, yeah, like it was yeah. their their energy and just their vibration. Like they're just amazing humans. We don't get the opportunity to be with them very often, so it was really just mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And the idea that you've got Steve and Bob Surratt and John Landecker, mm-hmm. they all worked back in the day in the 1970s at WLS mm-hmm. when WLS and WCFL were going head to head. And then fast forward decades later, and they're at the same radio station. Yeah. yeah. Come on. So much history. Yes. There's just so much. And and I think if you grew up in the Chicagoland area, this is 
the stuff you listen to and yeah. you're seeing it with your own eyes. It was really oh, neat. I, I remember as a kid going to bed, having a clock radio at my headboard and WLS was on. I've animal stories and you know, I remember just hearing WLS as I was going to sleep at night. I mean, that's what I had on, period. That's it. Whether it be Landecker or Jeff Davis or Yvonne Daniels or any of those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back in the day. Another kind of neat thing with WGN, and this was actually WGN um, TV, as we have had the blessings to have a couple of opportunities to play live on WGN News, Hmm. Channel 9. And the studio that we're in is the same studio as Bozo Show, and uh, there's was what, it Garfield Goose? Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, um, it's crazy though because <laughs> when you're a kid, it looks huge. Oh, it it's, looks, it's like the museum. Yeah. You remember when you go to the Museum of Science and Industry as a yeah. kid, and when you go back, you go, "Wow, this yeah. is really tight." Right. Yeah. Right. God bless them for having airplanes me. hanging from the ceiling. But it's really tight, yeah. and it's I bet it's the same thing. Well, if you watch the Bozo show, the props and things, and how they were like bright red and whites and whatever have you, I got up close to one of them, and you look, when you really look, it's like, they almost look like paper mache. Well, it's all the smoke and mirrors. I know. And yeah. I was just like, oh, don't say that. I can't I can't unsee this now. It's like, it's like not real. It's half round. It, was like, it wasn't even fully round. It was a prop. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I just wanted one of the buckets. I wanted to see, you know, <laughs> I, I, I kept looking for the buckets, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, it's, really it's iconic. I mean, it for is. Chicago history. It is. There was um, a, a friend that I had on not too awful long ago. His name is Clint Wooten. And I've known him since high school. And he went down to Nashville to work for Channel 4 and the Nashville Network. When it was time for Hee Haw mm-hmm. to go away, and again, we get back to props and smoke and mirrors and everything, he still has the milk can from the porch of hee-haw wow. oh wow and they were just giving stuff away because they wanted to clear it for the next program whatever sure. they were going to do you know you hear the horror stories a lot of that stuff goes in the dumpster yeah and, yeah and, and people were grabbing it same wow. thing with the one man's set. trash yeah oh, there you go yeah. well i mean this whole place here is filled with one man's trash and another <laughs> man's treasure because yeah. people have contributed to this stuff and they're going do you want this and i'm going are you kidding yes, me yeah, yeah. And exactly. they go, yeah i just you know my wife wants me to get rid of it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i go no i will I'll take, take it. it yeah well uh i'm a rule follower by nature and terry and kyle are like little rascals <laughs> and i'm like the mama <laughs> and when we were at wgn we were told to go into the green room and and wait mm-hmm. that was the rule but Terry and Kyle thought they would go explore. Oh, no. They almost walked into the news to the weather, well, like no. on it was, live. It was yeah. it was live, and I, I I turn a corner, and I see <laughs> the person standing in front of the screen, and the next thing I hear is this woman in the, behind me. She's like, what are you guys doing down here? Oh, no, you're talking about the TV station. The TV yeah. station. Oh. Oh, yeah. They yeah, almost walked, we almost right walked on the set. The weather. Oh, my. She's like, yeah. you guys got to go back here. Yeah, you can't fake that. I knew the, the second they came around the corner, they both had bright red faces and they weren't talking. I'm like, you got in trouble, didn't you? Can't take them anywhere. Cannot. How cool would well, that have been, though, to walk out on the news? Oh. And today, <laughs> it's going to be a bit sunny over here. And then there's going to be a chance of Kyle and yeah. a little bit of Terry. Yep, getting their butts kicked. Oh, God, that's funny. When you say you go down to Nashville... Uh-huh. Have you ever been to the Acme Feed and Seed Bar? Yes, we have. have you? Yeah. It's wonderful, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, yeah. It literally was 
a get your feed for your farm uh-huh. place. Yeah, it's and, cool. And they have turned that into, uh, a, they have very good ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- they really haven't done a whole lot to it as far as decoration. You want to still walk in on the really cool, you know, mm-hmm. slatted wood floors. Right. And they had, I can't remember the house band that they had on that Thursday night we were down there. But they were playing Earth, Wind, and Fire and Stevie Wonder. And wow. Oh, my God, it was neat. But I was just curious. Yeah. I had my notes whether you guys had ever been We've down We've been there. to Acne. Yeah. We are. We have a favorite place, though. Oh, well, that, I need to know that. Yeah. We have a few favorite places in Nashville. But one of our most favorite places on Lower Broadway is Robert's Western World. Okay. Is it a bar? It mm-hmm. is. Okay. Okay. Here's the coolest thing. All right. It is like a rockabilly... It's old school. It's, I mean, you're going to hear Patsy Cline. You, you're not going to hear anything newer country at all. I mean, they still wear the fringe shirts, the upright bass. There you go. I mean, we are talking strictly 50s, 60s. And I'm I'm all over that. Bob because, Wills. I yeah. mean, you're going to hear all all that yeah. stuff. Is, there, it's, it's is a, there a lot of bluegrass, or is it more like... Not that one. It's okay. more honky-tonk. Okay. More of a honky-tonk, so you're going to hear like that rockabilly, but the country. Also Johnny Cash, things like that. Merle yeah. Haggard, yeah. George Jones, all the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just that, and that's and it's it's just wonderful. It's such a wonderful vibe in there because it's all not new looking. I mean, it looks like an old tavern. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's yeah. cowboy boots along all the one side it's of the nice. wall, and yeah. Do they have female artists? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So they'll oh, yeah. do Tammy Wynette, absolutely, yeah. Lynn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My first record that I played on the country music station that I got a job with, I was maybe seventeen years old. So. I don't need to be on a country music station. I mean, you think about it. The Eagles and the Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan, that was what I was doing. Sure. But I was paid to do this shift on WLUV. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I looked at this record, this 45 record, that it was my first one that I was going to put on. And I'm going, what did I do? (laughs) Because it was Loretta Lynn's Don't Come Home a-Drinking. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) whole different element there yeah you're not going to get more country than that no and i do remember the owner joe salvi god bless him i worked from three until eight so it was quite a long shift and i was in high school for crying out loud so he would grab the mail and he would sort out the mail with anything that was business and he would bring in records and he would open them with me in the studio wow right not on the air or anything because that's when you got the albums and the 45s and all that stuff so he opened up this 45 and he goes, Well, this looks like a good one. <laughs> it was Back in the Saddle by Aerosmith. Oh, wow. And how he read it was Back in the Saddle. That must be country western. <laughs> and Aerosmith, he read as Arrow Smith. Oh, sure. Like John Smith. Pretty country to me. Yes. So he told me to put it in the rotation. Oh, no. So I did. So he leaves, you know, <laughs> at five o'clock and he's driving home. And I don't know anything about it. It's a brand new record. And I put it on, and it's like, (laughs) he calls me up. He goes, what the hell are you doing? I go, this is the song you gave me. Break that record. Break it. And I go, okay, all right, fine. Break the record. Oh, my gosh. Break the record. That's great. What a great story. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Yeah, Aerosmith and country. Yeah, two different worlds. (laughs) Hey, when you were talking about being on um, WGN and WGN-TV, were you ever on WSM in Nashville? No. No. I mean, is that sort of the golden ticket that you would want to do, or do they not offer that opportunity anymore? Yeah, I don't think that's offered up a whole lot. Because um, they used to do stuff for the Grand Ole Opry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they used to broadcast from. Yeah. 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 And in fact, I, st- I still think they do. Yeah, I think they do. If you look at the microphones, they still have the WSM 
wow. um, emblems across the, over the, the stands themselves. Wow. So, yeah, I, cool. they are still affiliated. They should do a Stephen Johnny thing. Yeah. I mean, God knows they've got the resources down oh. in Nashville. Yeah. You know, when you get down to Nashville, um, <clears throat> there's just, if, as long as we've ever known, it's always just been saturated with musicians, right? So mm-hmm. even... Terry's favorite line is even your dentist is a you know singer songwriter <laughs> right. trying to break in. Everybody's doing it, and so it's a much different world for us when we get into that area. I think they have to really funnel down who would maybe be on a show like that, who's going to come in, and unfortunately for us, it ends up being a lot of the artists that are signed or that are. It's not something where you could just call in unsolicited anymore and uh-huh. see hey we're coming to town we would love to come in and talk to you on your on your show it's it's all very you, well you it's to... your very small fish in a very very large pond but going in nashville like that obviously you get a taste of it and then you come home and you are the big fish <laughs> you are the people that bring in the the crowds nashville's changing quite a bit is it really it is they're calling it nash vegas now mm-hmm. um oh, no. it's the bachelorette party central of the usa right now that's where everything i mean when we go there now it's mainly going to be either for business because we're going to going down there to do music and promote our originals or whatever it is we're doing we're not going down there as a tourist anymore right mm-hmm. so but, we, i mean you look at broadway with the neons and mm-hmm. the bars oh, it's i mean captain I mean, if you've never done it you need to do it yeah um yeah. it's very it's overwhelming it exactly is. i mean it's in fact the best way i can explain walking on broadway during the day for me the bars are three stories. They are. There's a band on every story in every bar. So when you walk down the side, it's like having 60 radio stations on at the same time. That's it. And you go from one to the other with yeah. your ears. Yes. That's and it. it's just it's just overload after a while. Yeah. I think that's why we like Robert's Western World so much is you walk in and you're like, ah. And oh. this is a really cool tip for anybody that might want to go to Robert's Western World. You can get uh, what they call the recession special. It's like seven bucks. And you get a fried bologna sandwich, a bag of chips, a moon pie, and a PBR. Are you kidding me? I'm not. It's great hangover food. And we have pretty much every time we go there, we have to at least, it's like a tradition that we go and get this. Yeah. So if it's ten dollars, they'll serve you like shit on a shingle. Yeah. But if it's seven, you get yeah. a fried bologna sandwich. You, and they're the best fried bologna. It is. That is fantastic. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. They're really. It's really I've, neat. I've got some uh, friends of a friend of a friend. You know how that goes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And. They don't know me from squat, and they say, you need to come down to Nashville when we're home. They travel all over the place. We'll show you the town. And then I've got radio buddies that are down there and TV buddies that are down there. I I really want to make it so I hit a lot of people at one time. Mm -hmm. And I think you're giving me that opportunity. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so, because you guys are up for four categories in what's called the Josie Awards. Yes. And for most people, not knowing what this is, because mm-hmm. I did not mm-hmm. explain what the Josie sure. Awards are. And we actually just um, found out they do another category later on, so now we're um, up for five. Whoa. Yeah, we just found so, out that there's another uh, Entertainer of the Year. So Another? How, how do they, they do they, that? They wait, they release a whole bunch of them, and then they have the Entertainer of the Year comes out a little while down the road. Wow. So, um, so the Josie Awards are an independent music organization. Um, Josie and her mom, um, Tina Marie, were in radio. They had different shows, kind of um, independent radio shows and things like that okay. over the years. And the way I understand it is that they were often invited to CMA Awards, 
AMC awards, things like that. Sure. And they right away they started noticing, you know, whoever was the big deal that year, whether it be Carrie Underwood or Luke Combs or whoever it was, mm-hmm. uh, media sort of just surrounded that person. Well, and you know, as yeah. they were the new I, hot thing. I get it. Um, yeah. And so there were all these independent artists that were really amazing that were being looked over or maybe didn't have the opportunity to, you know, even be nominated for something like a CMA or an AMC. Well, and coming from the radio field, mm-hmm. one, the people made those Carrie Underwoods and those people accessible. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they made it easy for the TV and the radio people. Mm-hmm. So you see why they flock. For sure. But on the other hand, I have... I've seen so many people where, hey, here I am out in the cornfield, and no matter how hard they knock mm-hmm. or how wild they get with their flags, mm-hmm. the attention's over here. So uh, I yes. am, I am with you, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a tough, tough industry to, to feel so much seen. Undiscovered talent. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and do you think that there's only so many holes? And you got to fill those holes. And once you fill those holes, there's no more room. Is well, it like that? I don't believe that. No? no. Okay. I don't. I don't. I have a different thought process. But you and I don't see eye to eye on this. So this okay. is interesting. And I'm talking about the record companies. Yes. I mean, look at, look at uh, let's say, your, your Robert's Western World. Mm-hmm. Let's say they only have so many dates to book people. Mm-hmm. And when those dates are full, they're full. Mm-hmm. That's my logic to Okay. That. Yeah. I, I would agree on that. Yeah. I've always gone on the thought process of there's room for everybody in the industry because so everybody's jello. I am jello. jello. I am jello. <laughs> Terry's more like a Heath bar. Or a Pop Tart. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'll take one of those if anybody's got one. <laughs> Don't have a toaster though. Uh, yeah. I'll do a Heath bar even. <laughs> so where do you guys differ on that? I think you I think that you believe a little more like that there's you know there's certain there's so many holes that can be filled and once they're filled if you take a okay kind of sol my thought well my thought process on that is because okay well just since we mentioned luke holmes like he needs more publicity (laughs) um you take an entertainer like that we know a guy that literally could step in and fill his shoes right now sounds like him sings like him the industry is not going to bring somebody else in and try to make them a star when they've already got that. Well, that, they've that, got a money maker. Right that peg, there. that peg, you know. Well, and yeah. this and honestly, is our. And know, honestly, we already have a Heath bar. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. You're not going to have yeah. two. Why would you have two Heath bars? Right. That's my thought on the whole thing. I mean, that's where, you know, like I said, there's a lot of undiscovered talent out there only because this guy has that market already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at, at radio stations, you're not going to have, you know, it, a town isn't going to have. Two sports radio stations. No. Depending on the size of the market. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, you're not yeah. going to follow that. the same I format. I see that. Yeah. I mean, it's just not going to. You know, the flip side to that is, and, <clears throat> and they just had a new award show. Was it People's Choice for mm-hmm. Country Music? Mm-hmm. I know a guy. His name is Mo Pitney. Do you know Mo mm-hmm. Pitney? I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's wonderful. He's a wordsmith. He's just a really good guy, and he's talented. And I looked at some of those performers, and I'm going, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mo could literally sing and write and perform circles mm-hmm. around these people. I actually do one of his songs in my solo thing. Dude, which one? Um, right here with you. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. st- I still love Behind This Guitar. Yeah, he's great. Great oh songwriter. Um, in fact, he played at another one of our favorite places in Nashville, the Station Inn. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to see... I know I just said Mo plays there. I mean, sure, they have a variety of different 
but some of the best bluegrass I've ever seen in my life. He has sort of drifted over to bluegrass a little bit, hasn't he? That's right. But the the musicians we've watched there mm. are just amazing. Um, and it's like an old VFW. Oh. The tables are like an old, it's like a cafeteria. You feel like you're like an yeah. old type, type cafeteria or a church basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very paneling, homey. Yeah, yeah, paneling on the wall probably seats, what, 150 people <laughs> at most? yeah. And you're literally from here to the wall, I mean, from the stage. I mean, you're watching them right in front of you. Yeah. And there was a 70-year-old woman in her band. They came up, and they had the tour bus parked outside. We didn't know who they were. But they had a tour bus. They had a tour bus. <laughs> well, they're ob- and we've later to find out they're like huge in the in the bluegrass world. But no frills, no shiny no. boots, no shiny yeah. clothes. No. No, they came out and they're just in everyday clothes, and they're like, "How you doing?" And they just yeah. tore it up. Lorraine she played Jordan. Yeah. Lorraine Jordan and Carolina Road. That's her band. And she's seventy. Yeah, she's yeah she's either approaching or if not she's, already. God, I hope you're right. What? <laughs> well, no, I mean no, ballpark no. as opposed to being thirty five. Yes. Yeah. And she, what stuck out to me the most, because, you know, we get up there and we're like, oh boy, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, not this gonna, is be good. gonna be really old school, which yeah. we like, but yeah. we're like, how many hours? First of all, her band respected Oh, they her. followed her lead. Oh. Yep. She was in command and not in a ego, arrogant way. Just she, right. yes, ma'am, no oh. ma'am. Oh, they all loved her. Yeah. Wow. Their yeah. band loved her. I was really envious of that because as one of the younger members of our band, I feel like I've taken a lot of crap over the years. Of <laughs> I'm re- kind of like the punching bag, you know, and I'm easy to, I'm really easy to mess with. So yeah. I was like. I sort of noticed that. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> I envy her. Someday yeah. I'm going to be in charge like Lorraine. And and you did not, purp- I'm asking, you did not purposely go see her? You stumble onto her? Well, we like going to this place and they just happen to be playing. You, they have a show every night. You see, don't really know who you're going to see. That's the best. Sometimes Vince Gill, we've heard, will pop in and play or sing, a, you know, join the band and jam or wow. Kenny Chesney in the past. So, mm-hmm. And what's really great is it's in the Gulch and it's sort of off the beaten path. But like, you, I think you have to kind of know about it. You're not, it's not somewhere you're going to, yeah, you know, a, oh, we're going to all go to Tootsie's. Or, it's just, it's not a tourist trap. You, gotcha. and, but you got to get there. Not that Tootsie's is, but it's not a tourist no. attraction, I should say. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Kenny Chesney. Mm-hmm. I would normally tell this story sort of like Paul Harvey rushed the story and leave Kenny <laughs> Chesney as the punchline. But I'm springboarding off of you mentioning it. There's a guy that I worked with in Charleston, West Virginia, who's got 50 years in the radio industry, mainly in Bristol Broadcasting down in the Tri-Cities, Kingsport, Johnson City, and Bristol. Mm -hmm. Years ago, here comes this guy in a white T-shirt with a guitar, and he said, Sir, I would just love three minutes and 22 seconds of your time. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And so Bill goes, okay. And he went and got his music director, and it was uh, WQBE, I think, or WXPQ, one or the other. And they went in the meeting room, and it was Kenny Chesney, and he played one song for him, and that radio station launched Kenny's wow. career. Wow. Yes. Wow. And um, who's who's uh, Owens? What's his, not Buck Owens. Who's, uh, um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Blue Jeans. Blue Jeans something. Summer Night. Yeah. Yeah. That was another one that they helped launch his career. If radio stations are behind you. Oh, it's 100%. Holy cow. It's so hard to get music on the radio. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching a documentary, I don't know how long ago, when um, uh, Neil Sedaka was writing songs, and they were interviewing him, and of course, you know, you've got him in one room where he's, you got to come out with two songs today. You know, it was mm-hmm. just eight to five. You got to crank it out. And Carol King was in the next room, 
And he said, it was not unusual for you to write a song in week number one, you get it recorded by somebody in week number two in New York City, and in week number three, it's on the radio. Wow. Now, granted, that was in the 60s. Sure. But my God, so different. are you kidding me? I feel like we talk about this a lot personally, how radio has changed so much with, you know, we've had so much amazing radio support of our music, um, Boss Man, WCCQ 98.3 up by us and Joliet. I mean, he spins our music any chance he can get. Wow. He's really great. Yeah. Um, thank you, Boss Man. Yes, thank you, Boss Man. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, what really is unfortunate is like, I think the record labels control so much of, and uh, like iHeartRadio and things maybe oh, they sure. control what's being played. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of that is, and again, I it's pure speculation, but you get like iHeartRadio, and mm-hmm. they have the great big concerts in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and New York and all that. And I think that the deal with airplay and concerts and social media and all that, it's not just we have a good record. No. Can you play it on your radio station? Mm-hmm. It is this whole big deal. And by the way, if it gets on our radio station, it gets on our whole family of radio yes. stations. And so the deal is bigger, and the stakes are bigger, yes. and ah, da, da, yeah, da, and there's da, da, I'm da. sure contracts, and there's money, and it's all this, yeah. So so let's get back to the Josie Awards. Okay, yeah. God knows how we got off and derailed on that. Let me say what I have seen: that you okay. are up for Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. Is that Freedom? That one is actually for our. Uh, um, right. No, um, I finally caught her. Yeah. It's a oh. new one. Freedom of Love was um, last, last year. Last year. So interesting. There are. Um, criteria that you have to fit in and these songs have to be newer or released within the year oh so some of our songs that are really great but we released four or five years ago are not eligible yeah so i finally caught her is one of our newer songs it's a fun little song that we wrote about a friend who had a real bad day (laughs) and um does she know you wrote this it's a it's a guy he does yeah and he was he he loves it he's very honored but um so i finally caught her is up for uh yeah song of the year Daydream 
it's over. Can't wait to pull the cord on that motor. Gonna cast out the weight off my shoulders. One bite, two bite. It's the weekend out on the water. Summer's here and it's getting hotter. Just a sip. You're also up for group of the year. Yes. How did they find you in this ocean mm -hmm. of music artists? So you do have to um, submit your material. Okay. They have a way you can look and see, like, am I eligible for group of the year? Am I eligible for song of the year, music video of the year? And there's certain criteria that you have to meet. And okay. so you submit, and it's free. And that's one of the things that I think is most important because there are so many organizations out there mm -hmm. that do require like a payment. And it's kind of like back when I was a model. Mm -hmm. When I was modeling in my teen years and my early 20s, you never pay somebody else to take your Talent. picture or to, yeah. nobody's going to say, we want you to model for us, but you need to pay us. Yeah. Kind of the same idea, right? Like, yeah. It, so this is kind of uh, has a, it's a little more, you know, it makes it seem a little more legit because you're not paying to submit, which there are a lot of companies that do that. So you submit your material and then they have a panel of uh, music industry professionals who review everything. Okay. I think they received 62,000 submissions this year. Come on, for all the categories for combined? all the categories. Now, I will say there are many, many, many categories. Um, this is what would happen if I had an organization. They <laughs> they do nominate a lot of people per category. But either way, you guys floated to the top. We did, yeah. Yeah, we're wow. really lucky last year and this year. And this is coming up uh, October 22nd, 2023 mm -hmm. at the Opry, at the, the Grand, Opry. Grand Ole Opry yes. mm -hmm. in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And is it the first time they've had it there? This is the second time. It, it is. Second time. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So tell me about why is it impact video of the year sure. as opposed to just video of the year? Yeah. yeah. So the ride, um, it's a really special song. Uh, we actually wrote the ride um, in 2020. We were home. Actually, um, everybody was home. COVID, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, we wrote this song as a love song. Actually, I, this is one of the songs, usually he and I co-write a lot of stuff, but I had your guitar in my hand and you were out <laughs> searching for a thing to unplug. Our, we Anyway, yeah, we had a lot a of, we had a whole story. thing going yeah. on with our dish disposal. But and I grabbed his guitar and I, we, I wrote this song and I said, hey, I wrote a love song for you. That's what we sang it as for years. Well, then we finally decided to go into the studio and record it. And our producer, Eric Nelson, um, at Eclipse Studios in Bloomington, Illinois, who is very much a part of everything we do uh, with our original music, co-written. Yeah, him and yeah, we, we get together. And orchestrated we... everything. He's the, mm -hmm. we, Our brains think the same. He, we got done and he said, you know, gosh, I feel like this song has a bigger purpose. You're right. Like, well, well, what are you going to do at that point? So, right. So, written. we've got it recorded. It's okay. beautiful. We've made it very much like an anthem feel feeling song. And it was like, yeah, it's great as a love song, but what, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? And we kind of all put our heads together and said, 
it really feels like it represents like a group of people who are overcoming something. And so I thought long and hard about that. And um, I'm a cancer survivor. Okay. Um, 2011, I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer in my throat that Ooh. was wrapped around my vocal cord. Oh, <laughs> hey. wow. Uh, so it's a very close to my heart. I'm cancer free. I feel wonderful. Good for you. Um, yeah, thank you. And I contacted an organization um, near our hometown, but they're all over nationally called Pink Heels, H-E-A-L-S. Okay, makes sense. Pink Heels. And what they do is they take retired fire trucks and they paint them pink and they name them after somebody who has fought and lost their battle with cancer. Okay. And they have all of these volunteers. They find people who are fighting an illness mm-hmm. does not have to just be cancer. Okay. And they show up with these fire trucks and with the city police and the city fire trucks. And it's this big, huge, beautiful, loud sirens coming down the road. And they surprise the recipient. Positive attitude. Yes. Mm-hmm. They That's surprise it. the recipient and they supply them with financial assistance. So they get a big check and then they get all this love and support. It's amazing to see all the volunteers line up Whoa. and you get hug after hug after that hug. It gives me chills. It's amazing. And then the recipient signs the fire truck. Oh, okay. nice touch. Yeah. So there's all these pink heels, <laughs> fire trucks, and retired police cars that are pink. <laughs> and so I feel very connected with this organization. I feel like we should con- connect with them. Angie and Casey um, are the two of the oh, the people that run our uh areas pink Mm -hmm. heels organization Mm -hmm. and so i called her and and angie and i just hit it off and i said i want to do a music video that features pink heels and so uh october 16th of last year we went out we had a big planning meeting but prior to that we planned with the city of shanahan we sat in a conference room i'll never forget it and and i played the song on my phone and put it in the middle of the table and it was (laughs) the fire chief and the police chief and you know, all these, yeah. the mayor and, and I like, here's this where is nerve wracking, yeah, you know, here's where we start from. Yeah. And, and, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And so they were like, whatever you need. And so we, so this is the song, the love song, the ride. Yes. I mean, it's the same song. So yes. they're interpreting this based on their situation, not a love song. Right. Whoa. Yeah. The chorus, the chorus is you're never alone on this ride. Come hell or high water. I'll fight. I won't let you fall. No, not at all. You're never alone on this ride. There you are. And so, and it was after we contacted Pink Heels that we were like, oh my gosh, the ride and the trucks and the whole thing. And so October 16th, we did this big, massive video shoot. It was really, really amazing. Made this beautiful video. And we had all these volunteers, people who had either been family of people who've lost their battle or people who are fighting cancer at the time children that had i mean to be carried because they were currently battling and we asked everybody to wear um the color of their choice a plain shirt there's lots of colors you know like yellow is childhood cancer and pink is represents breast cancer and yeah um so uh, this colorful rainbow of supporters showed up and we did this beautiful music video and so we submitted that to the josie awards and so it is up for the impact video of the year. Right, because it reaches further than the song. Yes. That's what I wondered what that was all about. That was about. the short answer, yes. So, no, <laughs> no, no, that's, no, that's fantastic. Wow, look at the time. No, that's why we're here. <laughs> no rules. I do have a question. When you were talking about, uh, was his last name Nelson, your producer? Eric Nelson. Eric Nelson. Yeah. Do you have one of those situations where you get into the studio 
And it's sort of like, you remember the jazz singer with Neil Diamond? And he gets in there, and I think it was Hello, and you know he write, writes this song, and he's got an idea of what it's going to be in his head, mm-hmm. and then this guy sings it like Billy Idol. Oh, mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. And he goes, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to sort of play it the way I thought it, and it was this ballad. Do you guys have those moments with yeah. somebody else where it's like, ooh, this mm-hmm. this needs to be a little peppier, or with vice Eric. versa? With yeah, Eric, Eric and I have done that. I'll hear, I usually write the music, her and I, when we're first doing the song, and I'll have a chord progression in mind, and then there's been times where I'll get it then with Eric, and he'll be like, how about if we go this way with it? You know, he just opens me up to a different way of wow. looking at it, and it works. Or when we're laying down tracks, I hear this in this part here. Mm-hmm. Or she'll go, I hear this in that part. And, and we just, we literally build, That's the cool. three of us Together. build the yeah. song. How long does it take you? when you? I mean, first of all, do you go in with 15 songs? How? No. Uh, what's your session? You're going with one. One. One okay. at a time. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to believe this. Oh, okay, here we go. It here takes us we about, go. It takes us first <laughs> from start to finish. Now we have had to pull the reins back a little bit because it's like we're kind of feeling we're kind of rushing, yeah. yeah. But um, we usually, from start of a song to finish and just about radio ready, about seven hours. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But the last few times... <laughs> Here we go. Well, and we've, we've come... We need, you know, it's, it's the more that we're getting... I think we're just getting more tuned. It's going to take us, you know, I feel we need to spend, you know, because we do vocals last usually. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll do the you know yeah, the main vocals last, and it's just more intricate been, songs. Yeah, and it's time. we've I've felt a little rushed because he's got another session coming in. Oh, so we yeah. can't step on somebody else's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like I'll finish up some of my guitar parts, and in this the last time the case was, it was my guitar parts. I was doing some overdubs and things like that, and um, I just felt like I didn't like what I did, mm-hmm. so I wanted to redo it. And we didn't have the time to do it. That yeah, but that's not his fault. That's that's because most of the time it should take more than one day. We've got ourselves into this like, look at what we can do. And then we almost compete with ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. In all reality, we're wearing them out. <laughs> yeah, poor Eric. Well, yeah. but it's all part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. And you got to know it's not like you're digging a hole that's six by six and you're done with it. Right. It, it's it's There's all, all sorts of yes. little tunnels and anymore is a song that we that's on our record our first record and that song was actually recorded as a ballad and then Eric came to us and said um, what if we did this fast it has a whole new feeling so we did we did it fast did you cut both we we there's somewhere the slow version is cut we have a rough version of it yeah but the fast version is the one that's on the record and wow. now. Because of that fast version, there's five different countries that have line dances to that song. What? France, Germany, Belgium, Switzerland, Austria, and Austria. Is this any more? Yes. Come on. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I just don't even know how to even ask you a question about that. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. He 
was the distribution to make those people even know it existed um fate we were feeling pretty down and out in 2020 when things were stopped and i was up racking my brain trying to come up with every creative outlet that i could think of to keep us alive and afloat okay and money coming in we were doing concerts in our garage live streaming them people from our neighborhood and then driving golf carts into our oh. yard instead literally tailgating in front of our house yeah. there <laughs> were, like, it was not unusual for us to open our garage door up in the nicer months and there'd be 70 people in our driveway just waiting for waiting you. for the they needed the entertainment as much as we needed well to, you know that's true wow. and so so we were doing that we were yeah. live streaming and it was really neat because now you're live streaming to the world yeah facebook live but i mean you make so, it you make it sound like uh, 
I don't I whatever I say is going to be bad, but you make it sound like poor, poor, pitiful me. We had to go out and get pop tarts out of the gutter. Right. But keep in mind that there were people like Garth Brooks and uh-huh. um, Trisha Yearwood that were doing that live stream. They were too. too. And they needed it, and you guys needed it as much as the other For people. Sure. I remember watching a Brad yeah. Paisley stream. He was yeah. streaming from home. And yeah, I'm yeah remember Brad, that? I do. So, so we're streaming live. We have all this stuff going on. We're racking our brain, trying to figure out how to keep ourselves relevant in a very tough time for all everybody. Sure. And I get this Facebook message okay. from Michel Imore. Okay. And in French, he types me and writes me and says, I'm choreographer. Okay. And... I want to share a video with you that we've been working on. And so I Google translate it and that's what it says. And I open the video and here in France, an auditorium full of people, I wouldn't even hate to guess to see how many dancing to our song anymore. <laughs> and I'm bawling. <laughs> that's awesome. Really neat. I have a very personal connection to France anyway. That's where my mother was born. And it just laid there right in front of you. Just here's what's going on a world away. Like you think your career's in the gutter and here, (laughs) here you go. And so, of course, I, you know, communicate back and forth with him often. And there's been many more songs. Well, line dancing in Europe is a big, huge, huge thing. Still to this day? Absolutely. Like it was here in the 90s. Like festivals. So then we had a German choreographer contact us, and they wanted to do a dance, and then Michelle had already wrote a dance, and then there was a little, my mom's like, you've created World War III (laughs) over there over this. But it's really cool. So we sat at the top of the line dance charts with Anymore for three weeks in Germany, and now we have a band in France called Crazy Pug, and they're a big, huge band over there. Who is? What uh, do you mean? You have a band? Well, what does that we mean? Ha- we have a band that's covering our music. Yeah. Oh my! Crazy Pug is oh this my. giant band, huge band. They just played in front of fifteen thousand yeah. people. Yeah, come on! And they're they're covering yeah. River Road, so it's really cool. That's, that's all just... because we didn't record it as a ballad. <laughs> Thank you to Mr. Nelson. Yes, yeah. thank you, Eric. <laughs> yeah, 2024 Perfect, yeah. is the plan late fall. We have several artists in Europe that are now covering our music and saying, nice. come and we'll do a concert. There's all kinds of cool things happening. With, so you with need music. a promoter yes. to get behind you yes. and coordinate the venues and stuff like yes, that. because I'm trying to be the promoter and the writer and the singer and the... I'm tired. Well, be, <laughs> before we leave, before we separate today, mm-hmm. remind me to give you Don's phone number and information. He's an old radio buddy of mine that has promoted people anywhere from Jerry Seinfeld and Carrot Top to wow. Tony Bennett. Wow. And uh, he's done it for 33 years. Wow. Okay. Not that he would necessarily mm-hmm. do something in Europe, but there's no way he doesn't know somebody yeah. in right. Europe. So let me give yeah. you his okay. number. And he's still doing it, and he's a wonderful guy and full of stories. Well, we did our uh, our podcast with him. We were at his office, and he has guitars and posters and records and all kinds of stuff everywhere. That's cool. And I told him, I says, if I point to something, can you come up with a story on the spot? He goes, absolutely, fire away. <laughs> That's where the show went. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. Completely random. And then when we were done with whatever was on the wall – he handed me sort of like a photo album, but it was the black and white, 8 by 10 typical shots of these bands or mm-hmm. these artists. And he go, here, flip through this. 
So I'd flip through and I'd point to Kenny Loggins and he'd tell me a story. Wow. Flipping and tell me about Ann Murray. And on it, I mean, he has promoted everybody. Wow. wow. It's crazy. Wow. So what a history. That's, that's awesome. A, that's a, yeah, that's somebody I'd yeah. love to talk with. Yeah. And he was a, a, a part-timer on WZOK that won a contest to be able to do a show. <laughs> and they hired him wow. because he was that good. But then in his head, he said, I'm not good enough to be in this industry. I need to stop this. And he started his own company called Nightlight Promotions. Wow. And has been doing it ever since. That's amazing. And That's still does really it. Cool. What a story. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it beats purse purging, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I have to say that carefully. It's purse purging. <laughs> And they did this on their podcast a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Wow. We sure did. That was daring. Oh, my gosh. What is the matter with you, by the way? I don't know. (laughs) But if you're hungry, I have a snack. (laughs) Or or if you have ailments, you have drugs. I do. Honest to God. Not that many. (laughs) Why why don't you? Again, I'm giving her crap because, one, she said she's open to it. I am. And, two, because I have a wife that's in the same category. Why don't you have a separate emergency backpack? That you just put in the back of the car. I do. It's you, in oh, there. Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> it is. On top of this, she has oh, provisions. Yeah. If we somehow break down and we there's no life forms <laughs> for miles, we have provisions that can last <laughs> I us. Do. I'm pretty sure we have like ration kits, like they have like in no. the military. But we have extra toothbrushes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. If you're out in the middle of nowhere and everything, the wheels fall off, you need. to be choosier about where you have your tour dates and where they have them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because if you're driving that far right, and not somebody to help you, right. you get, <clears throat> there was somebody that said the guys leave the house with their keys because if something goes wrong, I can drive to wherever I need help or a wallet. I can pay for whatever I need. I don't need to carry everything with me. And then I can't remember the third one. So that's, that's probably all. a wife. That's all. I- <laughs> that's probably the third one. <laughs> Because they have everything. Oh, God. Good for you guys for doing that because it was just sort of... It was uh, so br- fun. It was so last it, minute. It was, and yeah. It was, <laughs> you ought to see our wine tastings when we... <laughs> those those are pretty comical. Really? Well, we did one. Yeah. We want to do more. But. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of good feedback on those. Does it still stay at about 23 minutes or does it get a little loop-de-loop-de? And a uh, little well, those longer? are usually on a video, yeah, those are, so yeah. those are a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. What, what has been your biggest hit? Anymore. Because of the line dancing. Mm-hmm. I think so. What about one that has just gotten radio play, CD sales, having nothing to do with line dancing? Lucky. Lucky? Which is odd, yeah. What do you think? Am, get... I, am I just going off the top no, of my head No, it's, it's probably our most requested song. Yeah, Lucky. And that was the first thing we had written. Or I still do. Yeah, we do get a lot for that. Mm-hmm. 21 Down. Yeah. Do you want me to play one during sure, this Sure, that'd be great. Which yeah. one do you want me to play? Whatever you want. Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. Oh, my that, gosh. I, Anything you want. So I'm like the DJ of the podcast. You are. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. You are in control. All right. <laughs> Tell me, where is the furthest place that you've done a show? Tulsa. I don't know what's farther, Florida. No, but that's... Oklahoma. No, but that's that's a really... Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah, Nebraska. I mean, well, we've been all over the place. And do you, do you hit cities along the way? Is that how you do it? Or do you go there for an event and then you come home? We go there for an event and we come home. We really have been searching for somebody that that believes in us mm-hmm. a, a lot, <laughs> that has some expertise that could help us to do that. You know, our goal is to 
travel and go play these places, but hit these cities along the way, Mm -hmm. have some radio interviews and talk to people. And oftentimes I've started to plan tours like that for us. And, um, you know, it is a lot of work. And so, well, that and a lot of, most of the places won't, it's just like soliciting music. It, a lot of places only book through an agent. Mm -hmm. So you can't just come in off the street and go, Hey, you know, they're going to say, no, you need to call my booking agency. And then it just becomes a big, you need the right person doing it. You need the right person on the, well, I say on the phone, but you know, behind the keyboard or whatever. And there's so much more time put in with organizing it than you actually do performing. Full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Full-time job. I don't, I don't get how people do it unless they've got the network already established and, and they can just go. Right. Right. When you perform somewhere, are you conscious of someone, quote unquote, important in the audience? Let's say it's a record rep. Let's say it's an agent. Anybody that's important, mm-hmm. would you rather not know or doesn't it matter? I play every show like they're there. Wow. So if you're just an everyday Joe coming to see some music, you're going to get the same exact version of me performing that you know a, a label or a management manager would get that's pretty wise because everybody knows someone right it's amazing mm-hmm. it is amazing how that works yeah. what has been your biggest brush with fame i'll let you go first uh, i gotta think about it i don't know i you mean do? you toured nationally with a national act <laughs> in the 90s i was on the road um briefly with uh, sammy kershaw that was his well, that that would be that would be a that would be a great big brush. Yeah. That's a gigantic floor brush. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And how did that all come about? Oh man. Um I was in a band uh, Chicago area we were called the All Night Newsboys. Okay. Cool name. And um named after Cat Mother in the All Night Newsboys if you oh, remember them. No, I no. don't. We were playing um Holiday Inn. Uh, the guitar player for Sammy was waiting for a flight the next morning so he was staying at the hotel okay. the hotel bar we were playing and obviously this is way before internet and phones and all that stuff so we took a break i went to the bathroom and you know how guys do you're in the bathroom and all of a sudden he strikes up a conversation with me and he's <laughs> like hey nice play and i'm like thanks and we get to talking and he told me who he played for and what he was doing well after that because i in my head i've been i had been trying to get into nashville and break into that whole scene mm-hmm. for a long time obviously not knowing the proper ways of chain of command um so we stayed phone pals and i'm like man if something comes open something comes open and he used to tell me you gotta be here and now knowing what i know now after being in Nashville and doing it all that is so right because i mean he his famous saying was like, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a guitar player oh that's true and you got to be in their face <clears throat> you do because why would you know they can handpick somebody who lives two blocks away why would they call somebody from chicago well, it's because they're good. <laughs> well, but I mean, but even still, you know what I'm saying? They've they, they got a pool of, you know, yeah. of people that can call. Well, long story short, I ended up moving to Nashville. I did the, it's the typical country song. I got a job at a restaurant as a waiter for a little while. And um, then five months after living there, the acoustic guitar player for them was quit and he was leaving. Uh-huh. My buddy called me, and he said, hey, he's, le- you know, blah, 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 he's leaving, do you want the job? I'm like, well, yeah. Wait for the hole. Yeah, that's and that's it. exactly what it was. And that's why it, it's the music industry really is about opportunity, being in the right place, right time, knowing that right person. Because I know there's guys that are, you know, I know a, a, a guy that I did the circuit with back here 
from the 80s and 90s then he moved to nashville and i mean he's still trying to kick down doors i mean yeah. it's 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 very difficult but i mean were you one year on tour just under we did i did a partial partial summer okay it's without getting into any of the the details i mean it's it's kind of like seeing the man behind the curtain oh i saw uh, sammy kershaw with sarah evans believe it or not mm-hmm. maybe two years ago mm-hmm. at the boone county fair Mm-hmm. So we still we still doing yeah, we stuff. Just saw, he, we just saw him. Yeah, we just yep yep. Um, yeah. The way I look at it is that the industry is like okay, you take Sam for instance. He is the star, okay. as opposed to a band like I don't know Sawyer Brown. We'll just use those or, or Alabama. Okay, you know there's yeah. no one man's name on that bill. It's everybody. So without one of the players in Alabama, it's not really no longer. And everybody's aware the of original it. cast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and uh, specified you know artist. They can interchange their players, and nobody is oh. even going to notice. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of so, gun, a lot of gun for hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So we came off the road um, this one particular time, and he let the entire band go, except the drummer. No explanation. None. I wow. mean, so, you sure this is not radio with program directors? Because that sounds <laughs> really, really familiar. And, you know, and it's and it's it, it was it's tough because I mean it's you know. When you're relying on it as your, you know, your livelihood, and you get the record, well, it's no different than being walked to the door at a company. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. you know, it's yeah. really it's the same thing. It's business. Yeah, it's nothing, you know, it's not personal. It's just business. Well, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. what I'm taking it really personal. It feels pretty yeah, personal. I still, I still <laughs> yeah. take it pretty personal. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's why I mean, yeah, it was a great, awesome experience. Could it have been better? Oh my goodness, yes. I gotta say, out of everything that I've done. Since I've been playing music, what I'm doing right now means more to me than anything I've ever done. There's not a whole lot of people that can say that. Oh, it, and the reason that is is because I wasn't, a, I wasn't a writer. I didn't write music. I always had music in my head and ideas. But until I met Janelle, I never really wrote a song. You know, I have bits and pieces of things here and there, but I never really finished it, never thought I could or whatever. Well, you had it in your head, but did you at least write something down? You just didn't finalize a ver- it? A verse of something maybe scraps. an idea oh total scraps oh my. nothing that really accumulated in fact i used some of the lines that i had written back in the 80s in the song that we just recorded um no one else to blame, no else to blame. Wow. oddly enough but that's just from life experiences so do you is this part of the songwriting thing where you need somebody to bounce off of or was a, a self-motivating thing or why did it remain scraps until you met janelle the band that i was with before i went moved to Nashville we were sponsored with Coors Light for seven years we were on the road for 250 days a year was a normal year for us playing. oh my that's so wear and the, tear yeah man. and but you're always playing somebody else's songs I was yeah. a jukebox yeah playing colleges playing everything like that and and at that time we weren't geared as a um an original act we had originals but playing for kids they want to hear the songs that they know on the radio so that That's you just it. it's just repetition it's a, it. it's a paycheck and it's repetition and there's really at the end of the day by the time you're done you're so there's no time for you there's no oh. time to do the writing yeah. and the things that yeah so yeah. i mean i was literally living out of a bag that's why I, i'm so adamant about doing our music i'm still playing for the audience obviously don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but i'm playing for me now but, you know, when you guys came out here, it was a really good mix. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, yeah. and if you do it, 
not only to expose those people, but obviously because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in a George Jones. Everybody's happy. Of right. course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Even the major artists nowadays are covering other people's songs just because of the familiarity of them. Chris Stapleton recorded George Jones' song, and that <laughs> launched him. I did not realize that. Yeah. Wow. Tennessee Whiskey is George Jones. I did not realize mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Wow. That's a cover. If you go back, if you go wow. back and listen to the original version of, of Tennessee Whiskey, it's that's George Jones. Wow. And George didn't have to show up for that either. No, <laughs> no. He got to choose that. Yep. That's great. <laughs> Come on. I, I thought it. the council was going to start. Well, yeah. George is not here yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting arrested. No, no show Jones. <laughs> yep. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically, I mean, but I can honestly say this, I, I wouldn't trade anything for what I'm doing right now. Good for you. So, God, that's, that's so great. What was your brush for fame? Um, I would say in 2005, I was um, part of this thing called Next American Superstar. It was in partnership with XM. So it was it was eventually going to become a TV show if the pilot would have launched, but it didn't. Okay. And so there were seven finalists from around the country, and I was one of them. Wow. And um, it was really cool because we got to do a little bit of touring, but was the biggest thing was that we were playing our original music on stages like Gillies and Dallas and... Big stuff. Uh, big stuff, like big shows. And it was really cool because the XM had exposed our audience to our music. Yeah. So, I mean, I walked out to play the first time ever an original song of my own. And it was a band, the backing band had learned it, two girls from L.A. Most of the players were from L.A. or Nashville. And they know. just threw you together? And yeah, let you yep, practice yeah, and yeah. The, I sent them all of the the music, and wow. they learned it. And they were all session guys. We, yeah, okay. all session oh. guys. We show up, and you know, we do a dress rehearsal or you know, quick sound check earlier in the day. But they treated us like royalty. Like we stayed at this amazing hotel. It was beautiful. Everything was paid for. We were picked up by these beautiful Lincoln Town cars. There was a like a formal reception before our show, so we were dressed to the nines and steak wow. dinner. It was. I got a little taste of like what that's like and i loved it (laughs) oh my gosh i was like oh my gosh there's like the eye masks in my hotel room and like holy cow flowers and like the whole deal but really the gilly sign in the wall at gillies was really cool and being able to play my music to an audience who knew the words what because xm had been Oh, pushing oh, our music. Oh my! And then invited all these. It was really cool. Wow. Yeah, it lasted. It didn't last long enough. No, I got to leave a chocolate on her pillow every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So thank you, I would XM. Say nice. That was, you know, I was really like, <gasps> that's my probably biggest. Brush. That's really cool. So, do you think that you're going to have a little bit of that taste when you do the Key West thing with the other? Was it eight with or nine girls? girls with the Key West Chick Fest? Yeah. Um, Will it feel the same? I don't think so. No? I think that's going to feel really genuinely authentic. More organic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. writing with these amazing artists, these women. Not just performing. Right. So the whole idea behind it is we all stay in a a house together for a week, and we have writing sessions in the morning, and then we do like a lunch, and then writing sessions in the afternoon. The whole idea is to co-write together the writing side of nashville is all about these Mm co-writes because if you have a song that you had cut by an artist i want to write with you so we can write something Mm -hmm. you kind of have the in right yeah of course maybe we write something and they grab that and cut it and so you look for these writers who have had multiple cuts and you 
you know, ask, can I, can we do a co-write? Yeah. Or at least try it. Yeah. Let's try it. And so everybody's writing with everybody. And, but, but like, for instance, was there nine, nine ladies? Eight. Eight. Mm -hmm. Do you pair up? Yeah, so there's. I think we're going to break into groups of four. Oh my! At sometimes maybe just oh. a group of two. Wow. Um, the last time Terry and I were in Nashville, we, we had a writing session, and there there were four writers on our new single that we wrote. This is the first for us. Usually, okay. it's just he and I. But I've had to be open minded about it. <laughs> I'm very laid back. I'm a very laid back, happy, loving person. But if you want to see me get serious. Put me in a writer's room with somebody. Oh, I am. This I, is like people with board games. They get a little territorial. I, I know. <laughs> they, do, they do. Well, I know my craft and I know my, I've been writing but, things uh, since I was five. Okay. So let me ask you this. What if your method, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. doesn't match the other person's method and it's square peg round hole? And maybe I'm simplifying mm -hmm. that. I don't know. But you've got to have that kind of situation where you're not melding. And then you run into somebody else that afternoon for the writing mm -hmm. session, and it's like you've been sisters. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like dating, I think. Like, you know, you're definitely going to... But I do think there's also value in being open-minded. And, you know, I've been writing this way for 25 years or 30 years, and um, I think there is value in that being open-minded and, and learning a little bit from somebody else as well. Do you feel forced no, in, a, in a writing session? I haven't done enough co-writing um, I did one writer writing session with somebody that I did feel a little forced and you just kind of know I'm mm -hmm. very intuitive. So mm -hmm. like, you know, early on, you know, we're just going to kind of, like I said, like a date, like we're just yeah. going to, you know, get through the formalities and, and say thank you at the end. And that <laughs> was, was great. But and I'm not going to call, call you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't call me. I'll call you kind of thing. So yeah, they're definitely. Sugarloaf. Remember that song by Sugarloaf? Oh my God! Played with them. Thank they you. actually that phone part that's in the song. Yes, he actually had a dial phone on the stage on a stool, and they must have wired it somehow to where it came out oh. through the PA. And he did the whole hanging it, he hung it up, and everything. It was that's oh neat. wow, yeah. that's cool. Wow, that is cool. Yeah, I have learned a lot from you guys. <laughs> I really have. I don't think so. I think we got. I think we covered it yeah. all. You know, we'll think of thirty things when we're. Yeah, and off I think I'm going to go home and buy my tickets to the Josie Awards. Are you going to come? I would love to. You know, here's the thing. When I go somewhere, and it doesn't matter really where I go, let's say the draw is a national park, for the sake of argument, I'm going to find other things in that area to sort of make it worth my while. Sure. That type of thing. Yeah. So when you mention the Josie Awards, and I've got that date on my radar then all of a sudden something came on my phone and you know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. where it just sort of pops up and it's it's God's intervention. I don't know what else to yeah. call it. And it was Louise Mandrell that is playing with the Gatlin brothers and Twitty and Lynn. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember exactly who else, but there's a boatload of people playing at the Grand Ole Opry on the 19th. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, then I've got friends. Well, I can occupy the next day with that friend, and I can occupy the next day with some friends of friends, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we're at Sunday. So yeah. I, I may do that because um, they're, they're offering some behind-the-scenes. Have you seen behind-the-scenes at Grand Ole Opry? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, are, so you can do some tours. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it, it falls just shy of putting cucumbers on your eyes, but it feels <laughs> it feels like that list is is pretty red carpet. Yeah. For before the curtain goes up, you know that looks really appealing too. Because I did a I did a Disney behind the scenes thing in Hollywood one mm -hmm. time, 
And every time I see something at the Kodak Theater, I think of all those things that they told us. And I went to Jim Henson's studios, and they used to be the studios of Charlie Chaplin. I mean, on and on wow. and on. Wow. And of course, you know, when you're with the Disney people, all the doors are open, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what How I. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what I think this may this be. Will be that way. Yeah, of course you got to pay for it. Well, you know? if you do end up coming, I would like to invite you to walk the red carpet with Terry and I because we have a red carpet experience at the Opry. What? And so I think it would be really. Uh, I think you would appreciate that. Because there's some people who are like, what's that mean? Like, what's that? But we would love for you to be with us. Well, so that, I'm wondering what that does mean. Yeah. Because if, yeah. if, if red carpet to me means a bunch of photographers yes. and a backdrop. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody behind a camera is going to go, who the hell's that guy? That's okay. <laughs> We're going to say. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, I was at a thing recently. I was at a party that I should not have been invited to. <laughs> I God, really, I've been there. Me have, too. Have you been in that room oh. and you go. Oh, time to I, go. Yeah, but because I, I'm a peon. I shouldn't be here, but they're allowing me. It was radio royalty from Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I could list the list. And it, it, to put it in your terms, it would like being at a birthday party with Larry Lujak and Tommy Edwards. <laughs> Does that give you an idea? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, a year ago, we did a Chicago radio type thing. And again, it was one of those same situations where I shouldn't be here. Well, we were up in this reception. You know how they sort of push people together for a picture? Come on, everybody. Let's get together. Mm -hmm. So I've got Wendy Snyder and John Landecker and Bob Stroud and Tommy Edwards. And this person that's taking the picture, which I have no clue who the person was, said, here, get, get in there. Get in there. <laughs> I'm going, oh, my God. I'm uh, nobody. But there I am oh, with cool. the picture. That's awesome. And uh, that's sort of my little golden ticket I from here on out. Yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. a funny thing. I had mentioned my my old drummer Jeff Boyle. He left the band that we were in. He started opened up his own recording studio and he was doing jingles, and he recorded everybody. You know, he he, he met Paul McCartney because when they were mm. he was touring, uh, Hamish Stewart was his guitar player at the time, and they he was doing some work in Jeff's studio. Long story short, Jeff invited me to a party that he was having. He was living he was living in the city on Wells. And I go to this party, and I'm standing in this room, and, I, and he's busy, so I'm literally kind of there by myself, like looking around. And I see he's got this TV on the wall, and I look up, and it's Eric Clapton playing the Crossroads, and it's a, it's a shot from behind the drummer, and you see the drummer's head. And the two guys standing fr in front of me, one guy looks at him and goes, hey, that's you playing that tour, isn't it? <laughs> and I look at the guy, and I look at the screen, I'm like, I need to leave. I'm like I'm literally looking at Eric Clapton's drummer, and it's time for this guy to get out of here. Oh, that's I'm like, hilarious. okay, check, please. Because after a while, they're gonna catch me being here. Oh yeah, and they're I was, gonna kick me out. They're gonna I go. Did. I'll take a you know a, some some hors d'oeuvres and a drink, please. <laughs> I'd rather you know? leave on my own accord. Yeah. Oh God. Hey, let me get back to um, this uh, podcast that you guys are doing because I'm just intrigued because we do the same kind of stuff on Life's Three by Fives between Liz Wilder and I. So I'm going to throw these would you rather. You okay. ready? Yes, oh, boy. Ready. Are you ready? I know. Yes. Oh, boy is right because no. you guys went into a rabbit hole. Would yeah. you rather give up Moscato or chocolate? Chocolate. Moscato. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that comp. I'll share. So, you see, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I bring the wine, you bring the chocolate, yeah. and you're okay, good. Now, good. see, you sort of cheated on that one. <laughs> would you rather have a grand apartment for a month, like the top, top, top mm -hmm. in New York City, or... A cabin at the Yellowstone National Park. A month. 
<laughs> I'd rather be in the apartment. Would you? What about you, Terry? Kevin. It'll oh, be wow. a nice Look break for me. People. It'll be a nice vacation from each other. Wow. <laughs> nap in a pool or nap on a hammock? And I, well, I love being in a pool. I got to go with that, too. Okay. And I'm not a big water lover, but a hammock, I can't get comfortable in. Okay. And, uh, and, and, I'm the whole Fred Flintstone thing where it'll like yeah, do yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if, you were, if I was going to give you a pet today to take home, would it be a moose or an eagle? Eagle. A moose. Oh, wow. God. Are you sure you're married? I'm wow. afraid of birds. Okay. <laughs> I don't like to pet birds. I had a green wing macaw. Oh, those things live longer than you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What happened? Gross. We were gone so so much, and it wasn't fair to the bird. Yeah, that's true. So I searched, and I found this woman in Arizona who literally built the back of her house out into an aviary. So it was like a wildlife. Whoa. She had like three or four macaws. She had what's the, it's called the purple hyacinth macaw. It's a $10,000 bird. She had a pair of those when she was breeding them. That's you're, the place. You're gonna yes. lo- yeah, you're going to love it. Never in a cage. Wow. So I'm like, okay. Good for you. You're going to be yeah. way happier there than you are with me. So <laughs> Good for you. Last one. Would you rather be confined to a sizable room with windows or on a 15-foot leather leash? Oh, a room with windows. Wait, what? You got to be, you're confined though to it for oh. a period of time. A big sizable room with windows or a 15 foot leather leash. Who's holding the leash? Oh, look at her. Look at <laughs> I her. I don't like, no, I'll take oh. the windows. Oh, if and, I, and nobody said that you couldn't go for a walk if, on that leash. If I could hold my own leash, then we'd be good. Well, yeah, but that, that sort of, I'm almost sure that doesn't count. Darn it. But whatever. Yeah. And you see the, how she does it? But what's the length of time, though, too? Oh, see. <laughs> see we're, so, we're so deep. Yeah. They're not see, supposed I, to be deep. Right. I, I'll still take the windows. All right. Okay. All right. Everybody can find River Road Trio at riverroadtrio.com. Mm-hmm. What is the best way for them to receive your music? Truly any way that they download music. What, wherever you're listening to music. Whatever platform you're on, you just simply type in River Road Trio and we'll come up. Okay. And I yeah. pull it up on my smart device. You yeah, know, with absolutely. Yeah, Alexa, yep. right Alexa mm-hmm. knows. and I've got CDs. Mm-hmm. So let's exit this interview, which okay. thank you, thank you, thank you for coming in. This <laughs> well, has been really fun. Thank you so fun. much for yeah. having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. I'll see you in two weeks, I think. Yeah, I think. that'd be great. That'd I think be if cool. you get a tap yep. on your shoulder, I love eh, you it. never know. Let us know. Yeah. yeah. So let's play one of River Road Trio's song as we leave. And thanks for listening again to Storytellers Studio. She watched him staring in the mirror As the truth was getting clearer The day before seemed better than today now I'm the one who's stronger You can't hide it any longer So close your eyes and I'll take your pain away And I'll be your eyes You can't see I'll be the strength you need To get up off your knees I'll be your breath You can't breathe Shaking, 
day was here that she dreamed would never come. He said, I'll call you when I get there. Just say a little sweet prayer. I love you, Mom, and thanks for all you've done. Now I'll be your eyes. You can see. Thank you for joining us in the Storyteller Studio with Tim Larson and Liz Wilder, where everything begins with a story.